is going on, everybody? My name is Gabe. And I'm Matt. And this is the Tentacle Bot Podcast. And this week, we're going to be breaking down something a little spicy for you. Matt, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about it? So today, we're actually talking about the new record by the band called Between the Buried and Me called Colors 2. Um, and we'll do a little bit of a, a callback to the Colors 1 record. Um, but really quick, some information about Colors 2. It was released August 20th of 2021 through Sumerian Records. Um, who is Between the Buried and Me? Between the Buried and Me is Tommy Giles Rogers on lead vocals and keyboards. We've got Paul Wagner on lead guitar backing vocals as well as additional lead vocals. I've got Dusty Waring uh, showing on the rhythm guitar and additional lead guitar. Dan Briggs on bass and then Blake Richardson on drums. Um, so this record is a follow-up to the Colors album that was released in 2007. Um, I do not have any information related to what the band lineup was at that time to see if there was any similarities. Um, but sound-wise, I'll just kind of go into it. Um, there's a lot of similarities between this record as well as Colors 1 in that it's very colorful, if you will. Yeah, um... So the first one was really like the one that put Between the Buried and Me on the map. Yeah. It just kind of showed the metalcore polka music that they do. Mm-hmm. And it's every bit as chaotic as this one. And this one obviously amps it up being that it's a sequel. And it was kind of interesting to do a sequel to it um, solely for the fact that Colors, like I said, Colors One was really the one that put them on the map, and everything mm-hmm. else following it has been kind of overshadowed by Colors One, and so as a result of kind of being pigeonholed by that, they're really leaning into it, and I feel like this is going to be like kind of what breaks them out of that mold. Yeah, is by leaning into that. Okay. Um. Yeah, we'll, we'll just go ahead and jump into first impressions at this point. Um. Honestly, this album was too freaking long. I couldn't with it. <laughs> it was it was so much of a chore for me to listen to, and uh. The the one of the reviews that I read on it was that it was a thinking man's album, and I couldn't disagree and agree more, mm-hmm. solely for the fact that, like you have to actively and intentionally focus on this album mm-hmm. uh, to really kind of grasp what's going on. Every time that I listened to it, I found something new. Yep, not necessarily in a good way, but I found something new, mm-hmm. and. It really just wasn't for me. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling on it, Matt? So, and and honestly, it's a lot of the same thing. Um, and I, for first impressions, is it was pretty simple. As I put in regards to raw audio between both the first Colors album and this record is completely insane. It's just all over the place. Um, the big issue is in the insanity that I actually came to hate it. Um, again, for <laughs> how much of a chore it was to listen to the record. Um, so, and really we'll, we'll talk about kind of what to expect. I made the comment about it being a very colorful album and I'll make sure to kind of call back to that here in just a moment, but the band is considered to be progressive metal and it, that is shown very, very abundantly. We see a lot of time signature changes. We see a lot of technicality in the band. We see a lot of that and not only the guitars, but also the drumming and a little bit of bass that I was able to catch. But the time signature changes, tempo changes, polyrhythms, just mm-hmm. these weird key changes that would happen randomly in the middle of a, of a stanza. Like everything about it was just, hey, what is the norm? Let's break it. 
So the the note I have here and kind of as that that kind of colorful piece is uh, this record sounds like the record that a bunch of snobby musicians that went to an extremely high class music school together created and said, oh, hey, is that a music genre? Oh, let's put it in this record. Oh, is that a music genre? Let's throw it in here, too. Very much so. Like th- th- there is many distinct points in this album that I felt like that was just kind of what another band would do. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do my best to bring them up here. Full disclosure, this one was a, a bit much for me and I didn't really uh, write any notes so i'm kind of free free balling it here <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and this, so this one like there's there's so many elements to this album that it's it's hard to what my my issue came to be and i actually talked to gabe about this a little bit um the night before recording is I ended up at one point driving in my car. I put the record on just to play in the background. And I was literally speaking out loud to myself as if I was recording a YouTube video talking about Magic the Gathering. I was so disinterested in this record. Like I, I would I would rather put my brain cells into something else than listen to this record. That's how much of a chore this one became. All that to say that Matt's really lonely, so ladies, he is single if you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will um, neither confirm nor deny the allegations, but um so uh, we've already kind of uh, jumped into like the musical breakdown and we'll dive deeper into that further but how are you feeling on the lyrics on this one lyrically i actually quite liked it um the little bit that i had indulged in is i feel like was very catered to modern day and it had a lot of relevance um there was uh notice like calling out to human beings and kind of stating that we're bringing our own demise onto ourselves and if we don't do something we're straight up going to die is that i was definitely getting that um you know that vibe and then the lyrics and kind of falls into the same uh realm that the architects record did yeah um and then i think there was um I think there was a little bit of a call to it in the Chevelle record. Yeah, um, so like there was the Chevelle record that was more hopeful in terms of like what we have access to mm-hmm. outside of the earth. The Architects record was really all about we have no other option, we need to save it now. And yeah. this is more just kind of accepting that we have no option, now we die, which kind of falls into the same vein that we ran into with the uh the at the gates record which yeah. is really just all about nihilism and nothing yep, matters anymore. exactly <laughs> um and then the other kind of thing that i thought was neat and it's a little bit of a trope because it's a lyrical idea that's been done before um but revolution in limbo one of the songs here on this record is it speaks to people who follow the exact same um, cycle day in and day out and how they're just cogs in the machine. And with this machine being engineered specifically to not care about what cogs there are, is it's just if you produce, great, and as soon as you don't, you get ripped out and a new cog gets put in. Um, And it was very much a call to that. And we've seen a lot of songs talk about that and a lot of that idea. Um, But it was done in a way that was upfront, but also was really written really well, um, or at least in my opinion was written really well. I thought it was, um, you know, a pretty, pretty well written record. I think it based on the little bit I had seen is lyrically maybe up in my favorites. Um, at least of stuff that we've talked about here on the, the podcast. Okay. Well, uh, before we jump into the the track by track breakdown, let's go ahead and jump into the album art. Uh, so, 
this one, um, I'm going to go ahead and break down the colors, uh, yeah, the absolutely. first one, just because it does correlate. So on the first Colors album cover, we see kind of just an outline of a, uh, of a city with uh, a bunch of colored lines, blue, red, yellows, oranges, and so on, uh, connecting to different various points on the city, which indicates colors, like the album mm-hmm. title is. Uh, in the Colors 2, we see... Uh, it, it has two italicized eyes, which would be like reminiscent of, of two. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a full color inside those with the rest of the album cover being black and uh, the white le- white wording between the buried and me up in the upper left-hand corner. Inside the um, the two italicized eyes, we have more of the similar like line work art style. Mm-hmm. This one actually has a background though, so it kind of looks like it's an ocean with a, a dark cloudy sky behind it and some construction equipment with just some additional colors uh, color boxes in the, the bottom corner of one of the eyes. So it's, I feel like kind of just indicative of these kind of albums uh, where mm-hmm. it's really all like very geometric and very open to interpretation. Yeah. Because um, like we see this with things like Animals as Leaders or Dream mm-hmm. Theater or uh, the insert prog band here. Yeah, exactly. They all have like some sort of interpretive artwork that usually is going to be some sort of simple object and or simple design, which is then just expounded upon a little bit further. Yeah, no, and that that honestly makes sense. And, you know, progressive music is just weird in itself. Yeah, and and full disclosure here, neither Matt nor I are really big fans of progressive music. Um, The closest that I really ever get is Tesseract. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm not really sure, kind of. The what you're probably the there. closest is it's like uh, bands that incorporate progressive elements, um, like newer Rivers of Nile is definitely bringing a lot of the prog aspect to them, um, and that's probably about the furthest that I get into Fair it. Fair enough. Yeah. So, but um, with that being said, uh, we're gonna go ahead and jump into the track by track breakdown here, uh, starting off this 80 minute album with the first track, Monochrome. Matt, why don't you go ahead and bring us in on that one? Yeah, so um, this one starts, it's a very somber start to the record, um, and we get some electronic effects to kind of um, to back the vocals as they come in. The piano in this is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, we get the rest of the band coming in a little over a minute into the song and a little bit of heaviness to it. But it's not like a full heavy like we've seen a lot here on the record. It's more of like a rock heavy. Um, and then we got a, a much heavier way to close out the song um, where we start to see a little bit more of the the metal core come in where we've seen Barry, Between the Buried and Me have done before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I really wish that the vocals and the um, piano in the beginning of the song were turned up in the mix because mm-hmm. it felt like anytime like I was listening in the car or something I would have to turn it all like I would have to turn it up yeah. significantly and then as soon as the guitars hit in like it just had to go down yeah. because I wanted to be able to hear what was going on because I really did like the piano in the beginning um, yeah I, I like the overall melody that's incorporated into this song mm-hmm. it kind of starts it off a, a little bit funky uh, but just different and i and i liked it really yeah um i'm not a big fan of his unclean vocals that's really just a preference thing but they just felt very thin uh to me you know what they reminded me of Hmm. are you familiar with the band chimera i am it sounded a lot like the vocalist of chimera Yeah, that makes sense i also got um some uh there's a old hardcore band called uh life in your way okay Uh, and it very much was reminiscent of those kind of vocals as well for me Okay. They so, haven't been around for a while, though. <laughs> oh, uh, like longer than Terror long time? or 
No, they they haven't been around. Oh, for, okay. for a bit. It's, okay, I think the last thing they released was like 2011 or something like that. Okay, so I I just I just misheard you. Yeah. Um. Now, the song Monochrome seems to just seamlessly drop right into the next song, being the double helix of ex, ex, the double. He- I'm gonna start that sentence over. <laughs> I'm leaving this in. You know it. <sighs> hate you so much so the end of this song <laughs> no being... you know what? I'm, I'm just gonna stop you right here like what i'm gonna end up doing at some point is like for a special anniversary like we don't have an episode going on or anything like that i'm just be like hey guys here's an edit all together of matt having a stroke on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> i hate you so much so this second song on the record is called the double helix of extinction Wow, thank you for not having a stroke this time. Um, So this song is clocking in at about six minutes, and it's six minutes of a lot of different things happening. Um, We see this one is a lot more of a metalcore song um, than the prior song, but yet we start seeing the progressive nature start coming in. Um, And we're already in song two, and we're already starting to see various things happening, yet this does not scratch the surface as to what's going to happen throughout the rest of this record. Not even close. Like between this song and monochrome, you have a 10th of the record under the belt at that point, which is saying something with how dense this record is. Mm -hmm. Like there is just, there's not really any good way to put it. The entire album is, feels like it's one giant song. Mm -hmm. And, that's a lot to take in. <laughs> it's yeah, and it's so the cool thing. One of the n- things that I notice here, um, at least for elements that was brought in, is we get some organs in this, which reminded me super heavily of the band Boston. Yep, <laughs> dude, I got super. I got Boston. I mean, and it's sprinkled throughout the record, so it's just like, oh hey, that sounds like Boston. That's yeah, cool. I'm not mistaken. I believe it's. Everything is such a blur in this record for me. Um, I think it's after "Stare into the Stare into the Abyss," which is the six track. It has like some really heavy Boston vibes Mm -hmm. for me. Um, There's also like I I, I get really big. uh, uh, What's the the band uh, Terror Vortex and they sing about Hoots Force. Glory Hammer. There it is. <laughs> there, there is really big Glory Hammer vibes in okay. here. Uh, there is obviously like your normal big math rock stuff. So like yeah. a lot like Birds, Tesseract, all those mm-hmm. kind of guys. Um, it just like and everything in between. Like there was Bossa uh, elements in there. There was just like Island Caribbean kind of stuff yeah. that was incorporated. Egyptian themes. Uh, I yep. Like like they just incorporated all these different themes into it. And while I respect it on a musical level, on a just a casual listening level, it was. It is really not difficult. pleasant to the ears. It. I mean, it, well, it's. So it's pleasant to the ears because, as somebody who you know, again, musically, you're like, okay, like this. Adding these elements are cool, but from a just ca- again a casual listening perspective, is it's just not pleasing, audibly pleasing. Um, the cool, th- the thing about this song is the breakdown at the end. I did mm-hmm. really like, um, honestly, dude, it might be the best song on the record. And I'm going to disagree with you on that. And I know, I know we'll get into my favorite in a bit here. Okay. But, um, 
I don't disagree with you that it's a good song mm-hmm. uh, as far as like standout ones on the record. I just I'm gonna have a hotter take on that later. Ooh, let's let's get moving on. Let's go to Revolution and Limbo. We're so, I'm excited. As we hinted at before, and the double helix of extinction flows seamlessly into Revolution and Limbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one definitely has the most catchy chorus of all of them. Uh, it was the one that I began recognizing as its own song by itself. Uh, when you when, as while well, I was listening through the song, like I could audibly hear this one and be like okay well that's actually revolution in limbo i couldn't tell you where it started for the longest time or where it ended but i can once i heard that chorus kicking i'm like okay i know where i'm at currently in the album Uh, and this one clocks in at nine minutes and 12 seconds which is a really long song like that that just kind of puts old metallica to shame with their seven and eight minute songs yeah (laughs) um this one incorporated some really cool like stop and polyrhythmia uh, kind of stuff going on. It was the one that incorporated, um, it, not the Egyptian kind of uh, uh, scales, but uh, Middle Eastern scales. Oh, yeah. Uh, so th- they incorporated that. It was kind of a cool incorporation. It's not something that you get to hear too much. No, not and at all. I, I do want to say this about the album. I do recommend that everybody at least listen to it once and like try to actively listen to it just because there is so many different musical elements into it that it's good to at least have that underneath your belt. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be just spoiler alert here. Like it's not going to be one that I really recommend No. but I recommend at least listening to it once to have the knowledge and the understanding it, it, there you go perspective mm-hmm. underneath it. Yeah, no. And, and I can, I can kind of agree with that. Um, and especially for like the music geeks, as I think there's a lot of that stuff that they'd appreciate. And even some casual, casual listeners would appreciate that to some extent, or at least might be able to pick up like, you know, things that they're more comfortable with, or they Mm -hmm. know of and like, Oh, okay. I like, I, you know, I appreciate that. Oh, that's cool that they incorporated this, like that kind of stuff for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like as a guitarist, there was a lot of things in this song and throughout the rest of the record that were just like super cool things. And be like, Hey, Mm -hmm. that would be kind of cool, cool and neat to learn. Yeah, no, exactly. But everything else surrounding it, just like it's, it bogs it down so much that it just kind of, seems almost pointless mm-hmm. plus the fact that you know like they layer things like three and four times so there's like eight different uh, <laughs> harmonies and stuff like that to them there's a lot yeah there there's a lot of harmonies a lot and there of sound is, coming through yeah there there is a lot of different layers to this album mm-hmm. um revolution limbo i i like this song I, I feel like i would put it at number three double helix is at number two for me um okay. Yeah, I, I would put it at number three just because it is the most catchy chorus for it, and I can I, I recognize it, and I right. feel like that's probably what helps it really kind of put itself there. That, that, that and makes I've sense. I've heard Double Helix of Extinction enough to, to be able to recognize it at this point, just yeah. because I start the album, and I always forget how long this stinking album is. <laughs> so I start the album, and like I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm like, oh, I'm not even halfway through yet as I get to my destination or I finish whatever yep. project it is that I'm working on and so on. Yep. Yeah, no, I don't really have too much. I, I know we. it was nice that we had like the heaviness that um, kind of opening the first minute of the song. And I was thinking that we were possibly looking at another song of that. Uh, but then, again, as you were referencing all the tempo changes, is that's where we really start to see that... Uh, this record is a whole lot more than just heaviness and some like piano and electronic effects. Um, yeah. Nine minutes. That's just, that's a lot. Yeah. It, it's a lot to take in for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, then we move into the song 
fix the error. Dog, that base at the start. I'm going to tell you right now, because I, I know this is going to kind of just set you off at this point. This is my favorite song on the album. I'm actually not terribly really? bad. Oh, okay. dude, the Dude, the I thought fuzz- you hated this song. <laughs> Oh, tr- trust me, I do hate the song, <laughs> but like, but like, there's, I, I, I can respect it. I don't hate you for it. I just hate the song. Um, we get some really saucy, very fuzzy bass to start this off, and then the the vocals started. It sounds as though the band was trying to write a punk song, but then. They wanted to throw in some of the like jazz and then like that skip it up. They they wanted to mm-hmm. try and throw some of that in there. Like guys, what are you doing? Yeah, like so it, this, it, this, this is, is chaos incarnate. Yeah, exactly. Th- th- this one is sonically chaos. And honestly, I'm kind of about that. We we've, we've discussed that to great length on the podcast at this point. They even incorporated elements of Dragon Force. Like what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> I love that part yeah. like it was that part that kind of also reminded me of uh, Glory Hammer and really just like any sort of power metal band at yeah. that point um, this one also features drum solos uh, from Mark Mark wow Mike Portnoy of Dream Theater Naveen Koperweiss of uh, what was he on he was on like Animals as Leaders Job for a Cowboy mm-hmm. uh, and, and quite a few others and then uh, Ken Schalk who is the drummer for Caridia Edit this out. Skip it yeah. And uh, Ken Shock of uh, Candiria is what the, the oh, okay. name is. Uh, so honestly, I really like it. I, I, the, the drum solos were cool, and, and I mean there was there was a lot of cowbell. Uh, <laughs> yes, there they, was. They, they took uh, more cowbell to the extreme with this one, but it, like it, it was cool to actually have that like as just kind of your rhythmic counter. Yeah. Behind it because the drum solos were so technical. Uh, I thought it was really kind of a unique idea because we don't really hear a lot of drum solos in a lot of albums, much no. less drum features, mm-hmm. uh, unless we're doing really bad drum features with Travis Barker on Escape the Fate albums, but that's a different discussion for a different day. That I can't <laughs> confirm. <laughs> but overall, like I, I really like this song. I feel like it was weird enough for me to like it mm-hmm. instead of just being kind of just this random conglomerate of things that were icky and gross like it was just okay we're gonna try this now and we're gonna try this now and we're gonna throw in a little polka and then we're gonna throw in a little bit glory hammer and we're gonna throw in drum solos and here's mike portnoy because mike portnoy and yeah i I just i think this song's kind of fun it's a lot and they they condensed it in a pretty small package too yeah it's one of the shorter songs on the album at five Mm -hmm. minutes yeah which I, I think, honestly, is where this band should just top out all their songs. Um, but we're going to go into the next <laughs> song, which is called Never Seen slash Future Shock. 11 minutes, Gabe. 11 minutes and 41 seconds. This Almost song, 12. This song is over 11 minutes. Why? Why? They had a lot. To, they didn't even have a lot to say. It was a lot of instrumentals. The, the, this is the one that brings in the uh, island uh, kind of bossa vibes, if I remember correctly. This thing starts with a flute. There is a flute. Why does the beginning sound like it's the, like a nursery rhyme being sung to me? Why? I ha- Gabe, I have so many questions. Like this... This is well, where save they... Them. they uh, literally all the answers I'm going to give you are their prog rock band. This is why I don't listen to Prague. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Again, this is way too long of a song, and it's so long that I was able to finish other aspects of the notes to this podcast, and I stopped paying attention to the song, which, again, is just a recurring theme to the uh, record. Mm -hmm. um, clean, vocals are, clean vocals are nice. Clean vocals? Clean vocals, <laughs> yeah. Um, the clean vocals are nice, and there's some pretty nice guitar work from what it was that I caught, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the, like, the instruments on this album, like all of the, all, all of the band members are phenomenal musicians. Oh yeah, no, and I, I will, I will absolutely not discredit them for that in any way, shape, or form. It's just the way that they put it all together. Bingo. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm also just overall not a fan of the guitar tones on this album. I feel like they were wow. lacking. Um, they weren't bad by any means, but I feel like they didn't really stand out. And just as a guitarist, like that's one of the first things that I know. The mm -hmm. drum mix seemed fine to me. Yeah, uh, it's not my favorite drum mix, but like I recognize that it's, it, it was done decently. Yeah, for bass sure. could have been a little bit more prominent in some mm -hmm. spots, but like fix the error. Like the the wah bass at the beginning was super yeah. fun. I loved it. Yeah, no, that beginning was. And sweet. then I've already discussed my issues with the the unclean vocals and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, never seen Future Shock was one of the standout songs lyrically for me um i thought it was the uh let me pull it back up here and read exactly what it is that i liked about it come on genius.com i believe in you <laughs> skip it up, 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 up. fill in the airtime skip it up <laughs> Why? Why are you the way that you are? I don't know, Gabe. No, it just went to monochrome instead. <laughs> uh, so it was the, the phrase, the exterior world seeps in quicker than it used to. It all tends to catch up every once in a while. A collective theory of invisible destruction searching inward from the dangling lines. And the way that I interpreted that was kind of like our infinite access to information at this point. Mm -hmm. It gives us abilities that we never had before. Right. And so at 10 years old, you can be taking Harvard college courses if you really wanted to, mm -hmm. or at 16 years old, you can be breaking ground via like investments and stuff like that, just because you have access to that kind of stuff. And I, yeah. and I feel like that is really where the exterior world seeps in quicker. And then it, it catching up is it, uh, it is our, irresponsibility with it so like having access to all this information means that we're going to have access to all the disinformation associated with it and like that can be used today for example mm -hmm. talking about uh COVID-19 or uh different news outlets reporting different things in the media and whatnot it's catching up to us and then that's where that invisible destruction comes in it's not an actual physical collapse uh but it's a an, an internal collapse of like a society for example and th th that I really like that phrase and kind of I just felt like the album really I don't want to say the album was really a part of that specific phrase, mm -hmm. but it overall just kind of helped encapsulate that for me. Yeah. So you want to know what the best part about having all this information at our hands is? What's the best part about having all this information at our hands? Cat videos. <laughs> Matt, it's not 2007 <laughs> anymore, okay? You can have cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> moving on it was we're gonna talk about stare into the abyss uh, and we're finally we're back to a song that's a normal length it's got a real nice soothing start featuring exclusively piano and i believe that's it uh, i'm not I, I can't quite figure out or i couldn't quite figure out if it was 
electronic elements that were kind of going in, backing it up, or if it was actually like an electronic keyboard that was kind of providing Likely. it. But the cool thing about it was the at least the additional elements that that I could have potentially been the electronic keyboard was actually pulled through a decent amount of the song when the rest of the band actually came in. And I thought it was a nice little touch to just add that little bit of consistency throughout. They cut it off after a little while, but it was still nice to have things kind of um, overlapping with each other throughout the song. And I think that was one of the big elements I enjoyed. Yeah, I feel like this song is... Being, being that it's the halfway point on the album, like it's yeah. just staring into the abyss of the rest of the album because the rest of the album is even longer than the first half. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get about... Yeah, so it looks like the second half of the album is only like a few minutes longer than the first half, but still, you're like 40 minutes into the album at this point at the end of Staring into the Abyss, mm -hmm. and you're still staring into 40 minutes of Abyss. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that, that's literally, um, you know, that's really it. Uh, the cool thing about this one is we do have about 40 seconds of heavy to close out Stare into the Abyss. And then we jump into one of your favorites on this album, Prehistory. <sighs> It's another seamless transition directly into this song. What? No way. A seamless transition into one of the songs. Oh. But we get some really interesting kind of funk. Get some like polka here. But wait. <laughs> Why is it suddenly folk music? Or let me clarify. Irish folk music plus funk plus rock plus metal plus punk and electronic music all in for the first minute and a half then wait there's some egyptian music yeah get groovy man walk like an egyptian but it, the cool <laughs> thing <laughs> why are you like this uh, i don't know but the cool thing about the egyptian music piece is it was more in a, a guitar lick as opposed to like a, a full segment of it um with like the bossa nova beat behind it exactly and so, like, this is just weird. And that's not even the weirdest part. They took samples of cartoons, or what sounds like samples, of cartoons from the 1950s. All right. So, I'm, I'm going to stop you right here because I, I want to call out your hypocrisy here. You loved Assault and Batteries by Ice Nine Kills, and like they shoved so many of these kind of things into that song. See, with that song <laughs> is it's actually heavy and it's captivating. This is not. Swing, swing. <laughs> <laughs> um, this this basically is Frankenstein's monster. If he took just music and just slapped it together, I just kill it with fire. Honestly, again, I kind of like this song. <laughs> So, Gabe, I'm going to need to talk to you about the appointment I set up at a mental institution because I don't think you're okay, sir. You're probably correct. <laughs> at least I don't have any bad habits. <laughs> the next song's called Bad Habits, and excuse me as I just be sad. So, eight and a half minutes. Here we go. This is where... Song lengths, honestly, should probably top out, just period. Um, again, between The Buried and Me, they should top out about four, um, because I think just after four minutes, they just, I, I don't even know. Um, but how are they going to include their polka breaks? 
dog we get blast beats though we get blast beats in this song and honestly there was there was a semblance of joy in my heart when i heard it blast beats gabe we got blast well, does the song feature courtney old plant too <laughs> i swear <laughs> to god <laughs> no <laughs> but guess what what we got some Boston in some portions. Yes, yes, we got we did. August Burns Red in some other portions. We did also get that. I never thought that, that I would hear those two names in the same sentence describing a similar song, but here we are today. Hey, guess what? There's a first time for everything. Welcome to the Senegal Pop Podcast, where I, we talk about weird things. We talk about weird things and things that just make my head hurt. And this <laughs> album makes my head hurt, and I'm done with it. And we still have like four songs to go. Yay! <laughs> let's go. And I think that equals out to about. Still a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> like the the last four songs, roughly speaking, are gonna be twenty nine, al- almost thirty minutes of it. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a that lot, a lot dude. For four songs, like nearly thirty minutes of music, and after coming from like another fifty minutes of music already, like mo- most most albums will top out about like. Anywhere between 11 and 13 songs. Mm-hmm. Usually, though, they're going to be sitting in that sweet spot of anywhere between 41 and 47 minutes. Yeah. Sometimes they're going to go a little bit longer. Sometimes they're going to go a little bit shorter, depending on the genre, depending on the yep. different things that are incorporated. And that's fine. Like, obviously, there's going to be a particular reason for that. This if one you're a here punk falls band, way outside of that sweet spot. So if you're a punk band, you're probably going to write a 13-song record, and it's probably going to top out about 10 minutes. Yeah, Agoraphobic Nosebleed wrote, a, uh, wrote an album that top, it was like 30 songs and topped out about 10 minutes. <laughs> that's insane that's actually really funny agoraphobic nosebleed is one of my favorite grind bands <laughs> that's funny um so before we get too far off on a tangent the next song is called the future is behind us so gabe i don't know if you've seen the thumbnail for the music video for this on youtube i have absolutely not so uh we get to see the vocalist tommy you want to know who he looks like who does he look like he looks like gary cole do you know who Gary Cole is? I do know who Gary Cole is. He's um, Ricky Bobby's dad in Talladega Nights. Yes. He's also Lumberg. It literally looks like Ricky Bobby's dad, except he was like yelling at the sky. Ricky Bobby's dad is the Panther. Conspiracy theory. Let's go. <laughs> <sighs> Welcome to the Tentacle Bot Podcast, where we're a conspiracy theory podcast now. Uh, let's talk about how birds aren't real in Australia is an elaborate hoax. Uh <laughs> Uh, so um, why did you why did you give us her thoughts after I uh, very um... oh my god he does <laughs> <laughs> yeah he li- he literally looks like Gary Cole in Talladega Nights but he's just yelling at the sky I'm pretty sure Tommy Rogers is just Gary Cole in disguise all right a- anyway uh... <sighs> <laughs> I like this one lyrically as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it, it it blends the elements of chaos with like really like kind of just the the concept of the future being behind us again it's kind of like that we've launched ourselves so far forward yeah that, that like the future is no longer here like not not the future that is flying skateboards and teleportation and and transport tubes and stuff like that but just like the infinite amount of information that we have access to the infinite amount of things that we're capable of doing and like mm-hmm. 40 years ago or even 20 years ago people being able to make money for playing video games was not really a thing yeah unless you were 
like a, a video game developer and in that case like that was just a dream job for most people yeah uh and then the same thing can be said for uh like guitarists who stream on twitch yeah or just make reaction videos looking at you nick nocturnal and we see you fam <laughs> but um it's it's things that we just never would have and that that kind of to me is what puts the future behind us mm-hmm. and i feel like lyrically the song kind of also falls into that that same uh meld there the stuck in our last season bite off our headless fever drifting and melting you gravitate please don't wave back i've severed once again in transparency please just sit back devour once again our broken disease okay and the uh, and then it jumps into kill the rider their eyes follow you open the close off circle kill the rider their eyes follow you open the close off circle like there's a lot to unpack there, and yeah. like, if we did that, this podcast would be as long as the the album is. But it, it's I don't know. I just I really like the song lyrically. I don't have much to say for it musically. It, it does the exact same thing, but yeah, doing it differently that the rest of the other eight tracks did, right? But lyrically, it's it. it I find a, a little place in my heart for this one. Yeah, no, I can appreciate that. And it might end up, I actually happen to just kind of go back and revisit it. Um, again, this is like kind of like you said, uh, big funk in the beginning, um, super, super tasteful guitar mixed in with the funkadelicness of it. Um, the vocals are weird in the verses, um, but I was too busy getting funky with the song. Um, the heavy portion of the song is kind of dope. Um, so like Lumberg, dude, you're, you're packing some heat here. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually kind of cool. The, the Jonathan vocal, the Jonathan Davis vocals at the end though, really just kill uh, just, it, it, it basically, they just took a gun and just shot themselves in the foot. Like it was, had so much going for it and they just had to mess it up. At this point, there's like 80 minutes of material here. I don't even remember that part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the, this next song the, well so before doing that um this one interestingly does something that the rest of the songs haven't done before which while it blends musically into the next song it mm-hmm. also blends lyrically lyrically it starts off as a continuation of a lyric from the future is behind us into this next song turbulent dude this record listening to it is turbulent <laughs> You're not wrong there. Yeah. Um, so honestly, just kind of kind of break it down for me. Kind of give me give me some of your thoughts on this before honestly, I give mine. I'll be completely honest. I hardly remember this song at this point. Like it's just after sixty some odd minutes of a record. I don't mm-hmm. really remember. Like it's not memorable to me. I yeah. just remember that portion of it being kind of cool that it bleeds in immediately into mm-hmm. both the, the, from musically speaking, but then also bleeds in lyrically. Yeah. So with turbulent, um, and you, you kind of in a, in a way explained it without having explained it in the same way that you and I kind of talked about last night, um, prior to the recording of this episode is you really can't decipher the songs until you're actually in the moment listening Mm -hmm. to the songs. Um, But I've got some notes here about the kind of, you know, what the song's about. This kicks off with mad media EDM vibes. I mean, we've got this big thumping bass and a slow electronic build before the guitar comes in and the guitar actually complements the electronics really nicely. Just the way that it's played is it's still very much in tempo, but it's almost as if the guitar's trying to play what the electronics is, but a little bit different. So it's not quite the same. Um, 
once the vocals come in, we lose the EDM beat, uh, but we get this kind of soothing instrumental that doesn't have anything overly metal about it, other than this occasional the, the occasional screaming vocal as well as some power chord strumming. Um, last roughly two minutes, though, we get the heavy back. We get not only screaming, we, but we get the double bass kicks, down strumming chugs, and then we kind of close it off um, with a, a little bit of a somewhat bouncy riff and then a slow, very piano-driven fade out to really just kind of take it take it out into the next song. Being Which then fades into sfumato or sfumato or sfumato. I don't know how to say this word at all. So I'll, I'll <laughs> just spell it for you, and then you guys can decide. It's spelled S-F-U-M-A-T-O. Go for it. Your best. Sfumato. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, honestly, I saw the tomato part, and I was just like, it's tomato. It's just a tomato, whatever. I don't even care. It's without a doubt the shortest song on the record. It's a minute and nine seconds. Yeah, buddy. And it's just an instrumental. It's a nice little breather before we get into... Yeah, I, I don't really have anything on this song. Like, It's, it's, it's just nice. mad it's, sci-fi vibes. It yeah. made me think... Um, do you know the opening to Stranger Things? Yes. A lot of vibes of that, mm -hmm. but it also gave me this sort of thought of blade runner yeah absolutely um, like it, it's very much that kind of like neo wave dark gothic yeah kind of vibe to it. It, it almost, i'm about it almost like synth wave-ish yeah. um kind of mixed in there um we probably have talked about the song longer than it's actually you know played on the record i mean to be fair like where we're at current in runtime before editing and everything like that we are half the time of the album <laughs> <laughs> Before we jump into this last one here, which is Human is Hell, in parentheses, another one with love. The only thing I really have on this one. A, so this song is just over 15 minutes long. Um, ugh, it's a sonic assault. Yeah. This one just feels so anticlimactic. Like, it just never feels like it gets there. It never brings a really high point to finish off the album. No. It just kind of... It goes up to about medium, stays there, and then trails off. And that, yeah. that's really what I've got for this song. That's fair. So, and you you kind of brought up a good um, good point about the kind of just not getting there and a not a very big high point for a record. Um, one of the instances of a really good closer for a record is the song Hold Fast off of Dead Throne by the Devil Wears Prada mm -hmm. is that's a really good way to close it it gives something a little bit different um, and it just feels separate from the record but still seems to like be a part of the record it's a strong closer. We have seen some strong closers here on the podcast, just with a, a number of different records. Um, I've actually come to like White Flag a lot more off of the Love and Death record that mm -hmm. we reviewed a while back. I've uh, been listening to that actually quite a bit recently. That's a good closer for a record. This, unfortunately, is not. Again, it's the Sonic Assault that... Um, that Gabe was talking about. We've got we get some really cool riffage and bouncy drumming to kind of open up the song. We've got heavy sections. Um, we get more blast beats. We get more thrash riffs. Um, so we've got a, a we, pretty good. We basically good... get a culmination of everything that came before in this record. Yeah, and, and that's and that's pretty pretty much a, a, a good way to put it. Um, I will say the little bit of just like Japanese music in this was one of the the high points of the <laughs> the song. I couldn't tell you an exact time. Um, in it, um, that's because you'd have to go back in for I'd, 15 yeah. minutes and find out where it's at. <laughs> if, I feel like this is a song that, again, and this is where I the the kind of four minute.
minute topping for between the buried and me this song should have been broken up into chunks this should have honestly been like human as hell another one with love and something else but it should have been three songs it's just it's just too much all in a single sitting and unfortunately that's just kind of just what killed it man it's just 15 minutes i'm you know at this point i'm ready to see what's gonna happen it like you said it just doesn't get there and with that that is uh between the barrier to me colors too and uh what we like to do here is we get to go ahead and break the album down into our tentacle bop rating or it's just a rating on a one day scale of one to eight tentacles matt why don't you hit me with your rating one out of eight Ooh, really yep this further <laughs> proved I'm not a prog guy. Um, again, there were some really cool elements that were sprinkled in. It's just I I found myself rather doing things than listen to this record. Yeah. Um, it's one of those records where it's just like I can say I've listened to it, but it's just you I have zero even intention. You escape the fate record one out of eight. What is up with you? See, <laughs> here's the problem. I would probably actually go back to the Escape the Fate record over this. Yikes. I would go I would go back to the A Day to Remember record over this. And those two records Yikes, were rough two. listens. It it's dude, if I wanted to sit down for an hour and twenty minutes to listen to something, like I'm hoping to get through a few different things and like I'm not I don't really want to sit there and listen to the exact same thing. This is just an hour and 20 minutes of the same thing, and it just never fully captivates me. And I think part of it is the mix, part of it some of the writing, but it just doesn't get there for me. All righty then. Uh, Gabe? For me, it's, it's going to be a two. Um, for my own personal opinions alone, uh, mm-hmm. it's just like, like, like it was basically everything that you said. I don't feel like it deserves a one because nothing deserves a one like the Escape the Fate record. And I still feel like I would come back to this over the Escape the Fate record because I okay. feel like that record should get hit by a truck and never wake up. Fair, which is a completely fair statement because that was a rough listen. Yeah. With this one here, like it doesn't deserve a one because it's not completely unlistenable. Like I can go back and listen to this, but mm-hmm. I can't listen to it as an album as a whole. Yeah. Um, there are definitely standout parts. And if I was just rating this on like the musicians, uh, personal talent, like individually, like the record would be like a seven or 10. Oh, seven or absolutely. Eight absolutely. For sure. Just the, the talent is absolutely there. The music is there. It's absolutely out there for someone mm-hmm. that someone just isn't me. And so like, if I were to personally recommend this, that's where I'm at as a two out of eight, not yeah. necessarily commenting on the actual, uh, state of the album itself, but really just more of my personal feelings behind yeah. it. And, and, and I feel, and I feel like I really have to disclaim that just because I know that there's a really big cult following behind between the buried and mm-hmm. me. And I don't want it to seem like I'm just hating on them because I don't understand it. It's really more just a personal preference kind of thing at this yeah. point. And uh, yeah, that's really what I got to say. And, and I'm going to kind of kind of jump in on that disclaimer. And kind of like I said earlier is I, I am not knocking in any way the talent of this band. It's I just based on what I know I like to hear. Um, like I, I also like to think that I'm a bit of a guitar drum geek is like if I listen and I hear some sick guitar work or really good drum work, I'm going to compliment it. I'm going to call it out and I'm going to be like, hey, I appreciate that. This was just 
there was a lot of it sprinkled throughout, but it wasn't enough to make the record interesting. Um, unfortunately in my eyes. So that's why the, the rating got put so low for me. Yeah. But that is going to do it today for Between the Buried and Me, Colors 2. Uh, what we're going to do here now is we're going to move into the hidden track, which is a time where Matt and I discuss something outside of this record, uh, but still in the world of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, why don't you go ahead and let me know what you got for me today. Asking Alexandria has dropped gas. They dropped totally a new single. To to it. <clears throat> they dropped a new single, and it's so good. So, songs called "Alone Again," um, which was released on August nineteenth of two thousand twenty-one, and it was a lyric video that was pr- p- uh, put out. Um, and it's with an announcement of their new record through Better Noise Music called "See What's on the Inside," um, releasing October first, which. Uh, I think we might have to do a review of that because for the first time in a few years, I'm actually excited about asking Alexandria material. Um, we see a little bit of a return to. I've, I've brought this up before. If it, yeah, you know, like the black is the best asking Alexandria album. I will die on this hill, and you will have to clean up my corpse from it because it is the best. It is the top tier of what anything asking Alexandria will ever be able to do. And instead, they decided to bring back Danny Warsnot because they're morons. Continue. <laughs> so I need you to listen to this song when you get the chance. We, we will listen to it as soon as we're done recording this episode. Fine. Do I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up I'm gonna say two words to end my little segment. Guitar solo. Gabe, what do you got? Uh, so I want to talk about uh, two things uh, today. So the first one is uh, just going to be real brief. Um, Infinite Granite by Death Heaven, which is the newest release that they did. Uh, it came out uh, just uh, this last week on uh, August 20th, uh, and that was under license to Sergeant House Records. Um, okay. It is a departure from their normal black metal shoegaze kind of sound that they have. Yeah. This is really a lot more shoegazy than uh, the rest of their albums. I don't know that I like it so much as a te- as a Death Heaven album. I like it just kind of if I were just wanting to listen to kind of something just soft, ethereal, and kind mm-hmm. of just spacey. Okay. Um, so uh, th- th- that's really all I have on that. It's it's an interesting album for sure. Like it's it's falls outside of the norm while still being palatable. The okay. other one that I wanted to bring up is uh, Panopticon, which is going to be the newest. Uh, uh, blanking on the newest Silent Planet single. Uh, which is super sick. Uh, So what they did this time is um, they incorporated just all bass guitars into the actual song itself. So the the song is just stupid heavy. Okay. Uh, And it's really cool. Um, Lyrically, it kind of falls into the same vein that Silent Planet usually falls into, where it's uh, really a lot more introspective, kind of addressing matters of mental health. Okay. in that regard, um, musically, it's it's heavy, it's dirty, it's filthy, and I really can't wait for uh, for LP4 from them. Yeah, which no, is be I don't think it's been announced yet. It should be coming here soon. But yeah, I I really enjoyed it, so I, I definitely would recommend checking that out. Yeah, for sure. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. We do have a few social medias that you can follow us on, uh, with that being TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, as well as Instagram, all at Tentaclebop. Um, and you can definitely listen to us where any uh, podcasts are available, whether that be Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, 
um, anything like that, please do like, rate, and subscribe to us. That way we can keep this content coming out. Next month is going to be crazy packed with records. Ooh, it's going to yeah. be two episodes a week. Uh, I hope you guys are excited. We are uh, stressed out, terrified, <laughs> but we're really excited because there's a lot of really good music in the beer box. Oh, but we hope that we will be able to catch you in the next episode. See you later. Yeah, that one was uh, 30 minutes short of in between the buried and me.